Hey, it's Pastor Chris, and I just want to give everybody a a quick little message that I think will help keep us focused during this season. And I'm calling it the good, the bad, and the ugly. And no, it's not a message about my beautiful wife and her two sisters. I've been studying Timothy's life out of First and Second Timothy. Timothy was one of Paul's disciples, and Paul had left him in Ephesus to pastor the church there and to raise up leaders. But what I'm seeing, uh, especially in Second Timothy, is that sometimes good people get hurt. And it's bad when we're bound in fear, and it's ugly when we're spiritually passive. So that's why I'm calling it the good, the bad, and the ugly. First Timothy was written to give Timothy some instruction on how to be a successful pastor and how to lead a growing church. But when we get to Second Timothy, which was written one to five years later, Paul's needing to remind Timothy why he's even there. It seems that Timothy's expectations of ministry and his Christian life were being unmet. And Paul addresses these in 2 Timothy. So I thought that we could see how this may parallel the season that we're in and even life in general. First thing is, unfortunately, good people get hurt. Lots of people have been affected by this coronavirus. Lots of people are out of work. Lots of people have, have lost uh, retirement money because of the, uh, uh, the stock market crashing. And obviously, there's lots of people that have become very, very ill, and even some that have died. And many of these are good people. And what we see in Second Timothy is even good people doing kingdom work sometimes get hurt. Timothy was hurting. What was he hurting from? Well, we get a little glimpse of it in Second Timothy 3, starting in verse 1, says, But understand this, that in the last days... There will come times of difficulty. We're in a season of difficulty. Even those of us that, that aren't sick, just having to be, to be quarantined at home, it's not easy. It's not easy trying to find the things that we need at, at the store right now. Our lives seem like they've been just turned upside down. So in these last days, there will be difficulty. Hey, we're living in the last days. For people will be lovers of self. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now we see this all over. It says that they'll have an appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. The power of God to change our lives. It's one thing to live a life of quote-unquote godliness when everything is going well. And Timothy is discouraged because of some of these things. And Paul has written to encourage him. Going back to Second Timothy in the first chapter, verse 5, it says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. Paul is telling Timothy to just recognize who he is. And during times like this, we may need to stop and remind ourselves that we are sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. We're not just beggars left on the side of the road and forgotten about. We are sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. And the very next verse says, For this reason I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God which is in you. Another version says, Kindle afresh the gift of God. The gift of God that is, that is in us needs to be stirred up during these times. When we start feeling hurt, 
Whether it's hurt from life or hurt from this season, we're feeling hurt because our jobs have slowed down. We're not getting the hours that we've had. We're hurt because we're seeing people that are sick. And maybe, maybe you're even sick during this time. We need to stir up the gift of God inside of us. Remind ourselves of who we are and remind ourselves that we're not here on this earth for no reason. We're here to be the people of God. We're here to be security for those that are around us, to encourage those that are around us. Right here, Paul is reminding Timothy of who he is. He's stirring up the calling, the God dreams inside of him. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. If we allow ourselves to live in hurt and disappointment, it's going to suck the spiritual life out of us. I'm reminded of, of Lisa's parents, my wife's parents. They got hurt in church, a church that they had been in for many, many years, and they got hurt, and they left the church. And unfortunately, years later, they had never allowed the Lord to deal with that hurt in their lives, especially her, her mom. And her mom became very bitter and very depressed. And she never got back to that place where she was in a church and she was thriving in a church and she was serving in a church. And unfortunately, she died hurt and bitter and depressed. And we can either hold on to the hurt. Maybe you have been hurt in a church situation. Lisa and I were were hurt very deeply in a church situation. And we can either hold on to that hurt And our mind and our emotions will continue to sour. Or we can allow the Lord to use it to free us, teach us, and even strengthen us. You're going to go through stuff. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. You'll have stuff. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Everything that we're going through, Jesus can take it. The Spirit of God can take it, and He can turn it for our good, and it can even become good for someone else. It even says of Jesus in Hebrews 5, verse 8, even though Jesus was the Son of God, He learned obedience from the things that He suffered. We can allow ugly seasons, ugly situations. Yes, they hurt. Nobody wants to go through them. But we can learn from those. God can teach us in those moments if we will allow him to. What can we learn from this COVID season? A season of separation and anxiousness for many people? Well, what we need to first understand is the vision doesn't change. The vision of New Covenant Church does not change. Our vision is to help people connect with God, connect with others, and create community. So how do we now, in this virtual church setting instead of in a building, help people connect with God? How do we evangelize during these seasons? How do we help people connect with God? How do we help people connect with others? We can keep discipling even though we may not be able to see people face to face we can do things like what i'm doing right here and then how do we serve how do we serve people 
How do we reach out? We can continue to reach out and check on people and love people and pray for people. So even though we don't get to see each other on Sunday mornings right now, we can continue to do these things. We can connect, help people connect with God and connect with others and create community. We may feel like we're suffering, but God wants to use this season to teach us and teach his church to reach more people more effectively. But if we're consumed by the hurt, it'll cause us to operate in fear. And it is bad when we're in fear. The opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. There's a lot of things that we could be in fear of right now. Health, money, not finding enough toilet paper. I saw a video of a couple of guys that somehow got a whole van load of toilet paper and they were pulling up into the parking lot of department stores and rolling down the window and they would just ask people, hey, were you able to find toilet paper? And people would say no. And they would just hand them a package of toilet paper through the window. And there was one lady that they stopped and they said, did you find any toilet paper? And she said no. And they gave her the toilet paper and she started crying. It was as if someone had given her a check for a lot of money. She just held on to it and cried. And she said, we were running out and we couldn't find any and we didn't know what we were going to do. I guarantee you, if you had asked that lady three months ago, if if she would have ever thought there would come a time in her life where she would be desperate and in fear of not finding toilet paper, she would have said no. But when the pressure's on and we're in seasons like this, it causes fear, maybe irrational fear, to come on to people. People are afraid of job security. I've even heard people talk about the fear of being lonely. And then there's the fear of, of, of just life. Will things ever be the same again? And Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 again, verse 7, and this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, for, the, for God will never give you the spirit of fear. Understand that, that fear is a spirit. And it's been sent from the enemy. I'm talking about irrational fear. It's been sent from the enemy. For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit gives you mighty power. The Greek word there is dunamis. It looks like, it's spelled like dynamite, D-Y-N, is where we get the word dynamite. But it's, it, it's the miraculous power of God. In other words, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you mighty power, gives you miraculous power. He also gives love. Agape, the word agape there, it's the God kind of love, love that does not have to be earned, but the Holy Spirit gives you power, and he gives you love, and he gives you self-control. God will never give you fear. God will never give you an irrational fear, but he is giving you the ability to step into situations like we're living in right now with power, with love, and with self-control. First John tells us that if we're operating in fear, it's because we're not following love. Love causes us to act boldly in a non-self-centered fashion. Fear causes us to try to control situations or even hide from situations. 
And when we're in fear, we sometimes think we're making wise choices in an attempt to protect ourselves. But it's really foolishness because it denies the power of God's love. Over in Romans 8, verse 6, it says, For the mind, the emotion, that's where fear operates in our mind and in our emotions. For the mind set on the flesh, the flesh is what, what I think is best for me. The, the pull of a sinful nature. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Understand this. Fear and peace cannot operate in the same space. But living in hurt, it brings fear. And fear makes us spiritually passive. And it's ugly when we're spiritually passive. In Romans 1, verse 21, it says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God. Listen to that again. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God. Or even give Him thanks. They begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. We can see that all around us. Unfortunately, even church people, they know God, but they're not worshiping Him as God. They're worshiping the fear. They're worshiping the situation. They're not giving Him thanks. They're not, they're not in, a, in an attitude of praise and worship. And they begin thinking up foolish ideas of what God is like. Like God is the one trying to harm us. That's foolish thinking. God does not try to harm His children. And it says, as a result, their minds became dark and confused. The very next verse, Romans 1.22 says, Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. That word fools there, the Greek word is marino, and it, it literally means to lose flavor. To lose flavor. Claiming to be wise, instead they lost their flavor. It's the exact same word out of Matthew 5, verse 13, that says, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? That's the same word right there. What good is salt if it's become foolish, if it's lost its flavor? The scripture goes on to say, It's no longer any good for anything. Unhealed hurts cause us to operate in fear instead of love, and that causes us to lose our flavor. We can't let hurt in life or the hurt of this season or the fear of a virus or the fear of, of, of losing work cause us to become flavorless. Let's not become passive and worthless to the kingdom just because we're quarantined at home. Let's be even more effective for the kingdom during all of this weirdness. More effective in evangelism, more effective in discipleship, and more effective in serving by setting our minds on the things of the Spirit. It's not denying that we're, that we're not going through some things. It's not denying that, that this has knocked our world off kilter a little bit. But what we're deciding to do is set our mind on the things of the Spirit. And the Spirit knows that this season will pass. The Spirit knows that God will always meet the needs of His people. Back in 2 Timothy 1 verse 8, Paul wrote, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either. 
even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Never let fear cause you to be passive in helping other people connect with God. Never let fear keep you from connecting with others. Even others who happen to be in prison or even those who happen to have a past. We all have a past. That's why I like to say at New Covenant Church, no matter what your story is, you're welcomed here. doesn't matter who you were before you walked through those doors. It only matters that we're here to help you connect with God. We don't care what you look like, smell like, act like. You've walked into God's territory, and we want to help you connect with God. And we're going to connect with you as well. And understand that sometimes life hurts, but the sorrow of the moment can become a testimony of God's goodness to others. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you carrying hurts, past hurts? Has this season hurt you? Are these wounds causing you to react out of fear instead of reacting out of love? And has fear caused you to lose your flavor? And if you're recognizing these things, I'm not trying to put any condemnation on you. God doesn't work in condemnation. His conviction comes by love. If you're recognizing some of these things in your life, it's not that you're a bad person. God just wants to show you some areas where you can be healed up so you can be effective in the kingdom. If you need prayer, the church is here. I've been encouraging people to use our prayer texting portal. If you need prayer, text NCC prayer, NCC P-R-A-Y-E-R to 97,000. If you'll do that, you'll get a prompt back that'll say, how can we pray for you? Put your prayer in there and I promise you that it's going to get to a staff member. We want to be praying for you. We want to be there for you. We love you. Hope to see you in person very, very soon. If you need something, reach out.